Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping Your Kite Podcast episode, episode 41. Charlie here with you. Mitch on the other side of Zoom. Recapping after a big Bucks victory, um, beating the Brooklyn Nets 110 to 99. We're going to talk about can the Bucks save the state of Wisconsin when it comes to sports. We'll also chat about nightmare scenarios for each of the professional sports teams in honor of Halloween. Um, also, the Packers' importance rankings for their game against the Bills. And if the World Series bothers us at all with the team the Brewers were chasing, Philadelphia Phillies, in the World Series. I think your answer might, my answer might surprise you. Mitch, what's happening, buddy? How you doing? Good. Enjoyed the uh, the festivities this evening. The Bucks yeah. getting the win. And... Yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't the most pretty, but I mean, it was it was better than uh, the Philly game. But right. I mean, it was yeah. Uh, it's it's better to be recording after a win than after a loss. Totally, Always. and 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 you know, it's funny we had we had plans if they had lost. We we had a whole whole sort of run a show. Um, it was uh, kind of our first time doing it. Um, sometimes we've done it spontaneously. This was this was the first time where it was actually planned, and I think. Honestly, you know, with the Bucks, it was like kind of felt like same old Bucks in a weird way in the first half because Eric Name reminded us all on Twitter at halftime, you know, the Bucks if they have three or more days rest, they usually are pretty sluggish and everything like that. And I'm like, oh yeah, kind of forgot about that. And then in the second half, they just they went to work and it was mostly honest, massive Giannis second half. He finished I think 34 with the second half officially. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a dominating performance. And as I said in the game review, tapping keg, tapping keg sports, you know, Giannis basically kind of just worked, got his guys better in the first half. And then the second half, he just went, went the fuck off. And that has to be a really scary thing if you're the rest of the NBA. Yeah. Imagine that the, the two-time MVP and finals MVP and et cetera, et cetera, is the straw that, the straw that stirs the drinks, the drink for the bucks. If I could talk here already. Um, and he was very, 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 very passive in the first half. Um, and they were doing that thing where they just pass it around and chuck up a bad three and, um, you know, missing most of them. You know, t- terrible percentage from the three-point line tonight, but we're not here to focus on the negatives. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Giannis came out immediately and attacked in that that third third quarter and, you know, it really was the honest show. Um, and, you know, again, when he does that, he puts so much pressure on on the opposing defense, especially a team like Brooklyn, who has, you know, no rim protection whatsoever. Um, if you want to call Nick Claxton, I suppose he has the length to, but he just doesn't have. He's too small. Like he's just too skinny. He's like that, that's what, that's what makes that's what makes the Bucks so tough to score at the rim. Is like you have Brook Lopez, who's one of the biggest people in the NBA, and then Giannis is obviously you know, very strong and, and, and has incredible length. And, you know, that, that's the difference there. And that's, that's really like, once Giannis starts attacking, it opens up shots for everybody. And when he's not doing that, like he wasn't in the first half, you know, I thought him and Anthony Davis switched bodies for a minute. Cause but, that's kind of, that's kind of been the knock on AD the last couple of years is like, dude just is, is not attacking at all. And then, can I ask you? Can I can I ask you real quick though on that? Like, do you think that's partly like on purpose that Giannis is trying to get other guys involved and in trying to basically make offense without Chris Middleton in there? And 
saw what happened last year against Boston and kind of trying to avoid that and getting, getting those guys comfortable where Giannis is like, I'm not the man. And you, you guys gotta, you guys gotta kind of work, work on your own shit and figure it out how to do this with me sort of maybe not being the most engaged and trying some different things. Interesting thought, but I also think that it's the same fucking team. So I don't, I don't know why it would be like, it's not like there's two new rotation, rotation pieces coming in and, and he's got to figure out how to play off their play with them or, or get them going, make them feel involved, whatever, worry about their feeling. It's the same guys. Yeah. Um, but it's, and, it's then, not... and then also, but, but I also will say that if anything, it's probably the fact that he's not going to kill himself for 80, you know, the first half of the fourth game of the season. I mean, I just think that's what it is. Yeah. I, I mean, I can see your side of it. I, I think it's more, he's trying to find offense in other places, other crevices, of this team and get guys comfortable in not having to rely on him so much. And he knows that he can help his teammates. And he's, and I'm not saying it as in like, he's trying to be an asshole or anything. I'm saying he's just no. trying to help his teammates understand, like you guys can do this. Like I have, the I have the most confidence. Like think I saw something. I, I missed the, it on the broadcast. But I saw it on Twitter where he honestly is like, I want to be the best role player. Like he yeah. is very selfless and <laughs> I think he wants to get other guys involved if he can. And I think that's, and we'll see if it pays off. We'll see if it works, but we've now seen it twice really in, against Philly and Brooklyn, Houston, that game, you know, was one of those where the Rockets aren't going to be a team for the Bucks see in the NBA finals. You know what I mean? So why, yeah. why care, why, why care that much about the, uh, the, that team? Well, and you know, I thought of that too. Like, well, the Bucks haven't played in three days and the last game they did play was basically a, you know, a JV game. Yeah, so. it was it was an exhibition. It was like you were playing, you know, a team that's like the low level in your in your conference in high school and things like yeah. that, where it's like it's just you just have to do a little bit of things in the first half and they'll wilt. And they did. And Brooklyn wilted in their own way. I mean, they they got very frustrated in the second half. Nash gets ejected. Yeah. They were bitching about every call. Once Giannis started taking to them, they didn't want it. And Royce O'Neal was a great example of that later in the in the game where he could take taking the charge and you know got that charge on, on Giannis and probably would get called and he sidestepped it. He didn't want it. He didn't want to deal with it. And the take foul being gone in the NBA has been a huge advantage for the Bucks in the oh. first first two or three games. It's it's evident already. It's crazy. I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a huge advantage because that first of all, not thank God they got rid of that because just the excitement of it just takes away so much action from oh, a game. Yeah. And I'm not even talking just bucks. It's like no, every, everything, every NBA game, you know, it's, it's, it, it's gets, gets the people going fast breaks transition. <laughs> and you know, the bucks are going to, the bucks already were one of the best, better scoring teams in the league the last couple of years. It's going to only going to go up. I got to believe they're going to benefit prop maybe the most from, from that because Teams, the last thing teams want to do is see Giannis in the open court. I mean, Memphis also is a good scoring team, and John in the open court, whatever, is, is pretty good too. So I think of them immediately too. But thank goodness they got rid of that. And, um, you know, it's it's not going to do nothing but but help the Bucks for sure. Yeah. yeah, and I think the other thing that stands out to me um, is just holding another Eastern Conference contender to under 100 points. So yeah. they held Philadelphia to 88 last week. They hold Brooklyn to 99 this week. 
Like that's that's big boy shit. Like that's yeah. definitely like sending a statement. And I know the Nets are off to a slow start. I know the Sixers lost again tonight to the Raptors. Doesn't matter. It it, it really doesn't. Um, at the end of at the end of it, you expect those teams to be here. Yeah. Um, and so I I like it. And you're gonna have oh god. And Kyrie and and Durant, they got their numbers right, but it was it was really really tough for them and they both played almost 40 minutes they both played 39 minutes um and and they touched that on the broadcast too like you know basically saying these guys have to play otherwise the Nets have no chance I mean that I think Ben Gundy exactly said like you could play him 32 minutes I think he meant like the Bucks do with their star players yeah but with this roster you'd have no chance and it's the truth like they just I don't know. Like that's the thing too is like the Bucks have three three rotation wings we think that are inactive currently and you know still kind of cruising. I mean not not against Philly but you know no. this was this was a relatively comfortable win when it was all said and done. Um and you know you still are going to have Middleton coming back, Pat Connaughton's obviously a huge rotational guy and then Joe Ingles ultimately down the road will be coming in too. So um, not even full strength. No. Right. And, and now you, and you have a fun weekend too. It's like you hit New York on Friday night and New York has played pretty well um, so far this season. I think they beat Charlotte there in overtime last checked and you had Atlanta who's playing really well to start the year. And those will be two really good gut check games for the Bucs because they're on that second tier team. They're not necessarily Houston where it's JV, but they're not a contender yet. I mean, who knows? At the end of the year, could Atlanta or New York be there? Maybe. But it's too early for any of us to know that. And even, you know, and, and at some point, maybe the Bucs will lose, but maybe they won't. Maybe maybe we'll go undefeated. And one of the things that we were going to discuss and kind of in the open was, can the Bucs sort of save Wisconsin? And I just wonder how many people are starting to drift over to the Bucs. I think the Bucs added a lot of fans when, you know, they won the championship. When they won the championship, the Packers were still very successful. The Brewers were, they had the COVID year, but they were they were still seen in, in a, a good light, let's just say. And now they're not. The Packers are disarray, and we'll talk about them later. So now it's like it's just the Bucs. And I, I just wonder how many more of those casuals who come into playoff time are making a point to check out the Bucks more often. And I and just I guess what do you think about that? And do you think that this could lead to, you know, more sellouts and more like attention around Milwaukee in general from the state of Wisconsin? I mean, I guess it could. I, I think I don't disagree with anything you said there, where, you know, obviously winning a championship and more so over the last few years. Um, you know, they've, they've gained more casual fans and more and more and more. And now it's culminated and perhaps, well, probably not culminated yet. Um, but it is, it is at a, a, you know, almost a critical mass with fans, I would think. Sure. Um, but you know, yeah, as you mentioned with the, with the Packers having pissed a lot of people off the last couple of weeks, I, I still think that Packer fans are very good at the five stages of grief and yes. it's, it's, you know, Sunday after the game, don't talk to me. Monday, it's it's a lot of, like, soul-searching. And <laughs> and then, like, by Thursday, you've talked yourself into winning again. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's all good. But, right. um, you know, 
Do you do I mean you do kind of have the Bucks to fall back on right now. Like they're the they're the one team. And if you want to throw the Badgers football team in too, like they've been, you know, had a had a pretty pretty rough season. And um, you know, but the Bucks are kind of the one team that you can kind of count on right now. And yeah. it's uh it is I wouldn't say it's uncharted territory, but it's it's an interesting, I guess, thought that, you know, especially with the Packers and you know, they're they're losing streak and it doesn't seem to I don't know if it's going to end necessarily anytime soon. Maybe not this weekend. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, the Bucks you, are kind well, of that safety blanket. And well, you got you to wonder. Yeah, and you you get to the fact that like when the Packers sucked the last time around in 2017 and 2018, the Bucks were just kind of on the rise. You know, people could barely pronounce Giannis's name outside of the city of Milwaukee at that point. And now I think you'd be hard pressed to hear people mispronounce Giannis's name. The only ones that do that are Stan Van and the boomers up in like Valders, Wisconsin. You know, that's that those are the only people that are mispronouncing it. And shout out to Valders. Some guy just followed me on Twitter from Valders. That's why that city was on my on my brain. But anyways, I uh I I think of it now and I, I look at it and just there are you should plan your days, you should at least Try to watch one Bucks game a week, two Bucks games a week if possible. If you're not diehards like you or I, and it's an everyday thing, you should at least try to make some time for it. So you have Friday or Saturday, and I understand the you know Packers are playing Sunday night, but make some time for the Bucks this weekend and at, at least soothe your soul and make yourself feel good for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I actually tweeted um, at halftime. I feel like I'm watching a Packer game. During this Bucks game, because the offense was just so miserable that it it just it kind of felt like like you know because it used to be Packer games were fun to watch now they're really not and that was that was a rough half by the by the Bucks but ultimately they they snapped out of it and, and it was it was pretty fun in the second half now we'll see if the Packers can, can right. do that but right and and I I think too like the nice thing about basketball is you you don't have to wait a week right this was a really weird thing yeah. where the nba basically had us off for three days and was ridi- honestly ridiculous uh because now oh well, yeah i mean you shouldn't you shouldn't have a three night through like when the season like we woke up this morning having played two games and some teams like probably had their fifth game tonight right it was fucking bullshit and and the fact that now we'll play six out six out of the next nine it's like how the hell did you guys not like just put a game either Tuesday night or Monday night in the mix? Like I understand, yeah. you know, maybe the, and I have no idea if the Bucks do this. I I'm not aware of it, but I would, I would imagine the Bucks are like, Hey, FYI league, you might not want to put us when the Packers are playing or like try to avoid us on Sundays. I know some they'll have some games that overlap with Packers and maybe it doesn't matter as much as it, it did, you know, to start the year. But still like get get another bucks game in there and it sucks that they're gonna have to play so much ball yeah i I really wish i knew how much like power the teams have over the schedules and i mean i don't know i you know it right now without college basketball going on i don't know how many conflicts they have at pfizer forum or or around the country i guess yeah that's the other thing it's like there i mean there was a carry underwood concert there on sunday but other than that, like, I mean, they've flipped out a concert for a, a Bucks, you know, arena, like arena floor in a day. Like, that's nothing, right? right. So it's frustrating, um, but what can you do? And now you just strap in. I don't 
think there will be a situation where you'll have any sort of Giannis rest games or any guys sort of load managing unless there's some significant bumps and bruises. And it's like, hey, maybe it's better to just kind of wave the white flag here. But I, I do think if you keep going undefeated, like there is a sense of pride that you don't want to you don't want to lose and you don't want to just mail it in. But maybe they will. I don't know. But yeah, and I, I think I, I think I think you'll probably. I don't, I don't. I can't imagine seeing any Giannis or Drew rest nights until Middleton comes back. Yeah, I just uh, you know, and we again we don't really know when that's going to be. Um, you know, I, it, I they said on one of the games, I think it was the Philly game, that Middleton thinks he can play right now, and you know the organization's probably taking the taking the big picture approach, of course. Um, so we'll see when he actually comes back, but you're probably going to, you know, I would imagine he'll have Giannis, which is again, is why, you know, maybe he was coasting in that first half a bit just to conserve a little energy and, and, and take over in the second half. Yeah, man. Well, I'll tell you what, if for some reason you're not like on the Bucks bandwagon, I, I can't imagine you aren't. Like, I told my dad this like two weeks ago, cause he's been pretty vocal against Packers, like more so than my dad usually is. And I'm like, Bucks start on Thursday, man. Like, and then I think he was around this weekend or something. I'm like, hey, they play Wednesday. Like, go check it out. Like, I'm definitely sending him a text tomorrow being like, did you watch the books last night? Like, you just, like, I'm telling you, if you're not, if you just don't like the NBA, you're more of a college fan, like, just just tune in, tune, in, tune into a Bucks game. It will make you feel a lot better about what you're seeing Sunday Sunday afternoon or Sunday night because, yeah, it's it's been rough. And it could continue to get rough, as you mentioned. So, I think the Bucs are here for to be the savior. And I don't think there's ever been a time in Wisconsin sports like modern history where we've said that. Yeah. I, I mean, I do feel pretty good after the first few games about, you know, the odds of getting back to the finals. Uh, yeah. Pardon me for being. No, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't shock me if our friends, Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo, uh, you know, either, either one or both, have some topic about the Bucks on on their Friday show. I hope they do. I think they should, and I hope well, they do. And, and I, I also don't think Brooklyn's all that good. Um, no, yeah, I said so, that in the review. I was like, yeah, they sent a message to another contender, but I don't know if Brooklyn's sad. And that's it's like that's another story for another time. Yes, I I could agree. I mean, would you just straw poll? Who do you think would take that spot? So if you had Boston, Philly, like who is that third team? team is it Miami um counting box being the fourth team is it Miami is it Atlanta is it you know someone definitely, else I'm definitely not, not Atlanta um okay so you're out on the Trey Young Deontay Murray Deontay well, Murray experience I mean give me give me a little bit that's that's yeah again, that's I, that's a big piece coming into them and they beat the team. They beat Detroit tonight, but I, I don't know if they've beat anybody of, of no, substance no. so far this season. Um, and they, they lost like Orlando by, at least once. They lost to uh, Charlotte by 17 um, a couple nights ago. I, at, Big Bad Atlanta, what have they done? Well, they um, play in a shit division. So well, yeah, that that also that also doesn't help. Miami, that could be that that could be a thing though. That well, Miami is in the same division, right? Um, and like Miami's one in Miami. I mean, so so if Miami, I mean, it's very early in the game, it's second quarter, but they're down in Portland. If Miami loses, they're one four then too. So then that lumps Brooklyn, Miami, and Philly all with slow starts. I mean, yeah. obvi- obvious bait for Stephen A. Like, 
And Stephen A. got to watch the Bucks tonight. Shout out. He did his, uh, like, Manning cast. Uh, I didn't. I only watched it for a second because YouTube TV was bugging um, and Perk was yelling at his kids. Um, that was all I yeah, saw. I, I, I can't imagine that was all that. Because, like, I don't know. At, at least with the Manning cast, which I don't watch either, but it, it feels like they probably talk about the fucking game yeah. at least. You know, like they're actually watching the game. And kind of breaking. I can almost guarantee you, Stephen A. Smith was, you know, again, it goes back to even even the actual broadcasters in these NBA games half the time are telling some story, you know, or having having an NBA talk show during yeah. the game, and it's right. like, can you please focus on the game? So yeah. I I can't imagine it was it was you know all that entertaining for, you know, someone like me, right? Just I'm not I'm probably not not the market though. So. <laughs> no. Um, so, so far, uh, Atlanta has played, are you ready for this? Houston, Orlando, yeah. Charlotte, Detroit. They'll play Detroit again on Friday night and then yeah. they'll play the Bucks on Saturday. Then it gets kind of nut crunching time. They, we'll kind of see what Atlanta's about after that, after that Detroit game. So after Detroit, they go Bucks, Toronto, New York, then home for New Orleans, home for Milwaukee again. Home for Utah, who's been better than everyone's expected. Two games against Philly, the Bucks, Boston, Toronto, Cleveland. Wow. Talk about a gauntlet to start the year. That is not going to be easy. Yeah, they need to stack some wins right now. I, I want to mention Bobby Portis as well. Oh, yeah. Before, we, before yeah, yeah. we move on, because without him, we were fucked tonight, and yeah. especially in that first half. Oh, my God. 20 and 11 for, for Bobby Portis tonight. Um, I mean, really up and down the box score outside of him and Giannis, it's pretty, pretty ugly. Drew hit a couple shots in the second half to save a little face. But again, with Drew, it's like, you got to remind yourself that he's guarding Kevin Durant the whole game basically tonight. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for as any, he did a pretty, you know, he made it again, he made it tough. And when he wasn't guarding, it was West Wes Matthews again, who Wes hit a couple threes, two for seven, all threes. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, from Wes, that's that's what he should be doing, and uh, you know, Drew is Drew is, it's just it you know, it's hard to see two for fifteen and or something, which is what he had in Philly to open the season, and it's hard to see that and not get sort of frustrated. But it's like you got to kind of remember that there's there's other ways to impact a game other than just your your counting stats, and right? Your, just your, your raw shooting numbers. I'm going to give him shit for it. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> yeah, in, in the I, back of my mind, I know, I know why he's, why he's here. Yeah. I think if, if, if we were doing, if we were doing golden kegs with the one keg, I, 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 I've been banging on Grayson when I do those on, on the socials and it's an, it was another rough Grayson night. I mean, he did get five boards, yeah. did have four assists and it was plus 17 overall when he was on the court. That's hard well, to believe. One of it, you're right. One of eight shooting, one of six from three. He's been rough. Uh, but actually, I think the thing I'll probably point out is turnovers. Like 18 turnovers, yeah. that's not – you can't have that. That was a problem last year um, where it was just a little lackadaisical offensively, and that needs to be cleaned up. Can't have that. I think that's – they turnovers also just piss me off as a, as a fan. Like I well, – that, yeah. that just gets under your skin, especially when they're on force. Then, and also, too, you're not playing, you know – would be oh like the 03 pistons 04 pistons right 
I was like trying to think who is like the basketball equivalent of the 85 Bears or the 86 Bears. And I guess it would be the 04, the 04 Pistons, right? Yeah. There you go. All right. That's 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 it for the Bucks talk, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. We did we know we were gonna do nightmare scenarios. Sorry, that was an awkward, awkward transition. My my fault. Um and so it's Halloween this weekend. I mean, we talked about how much you enjoy enjoy Halloween, enjoy enjoy the events of it. You I'm I sure have, you- I have I have no plans incidentally as of this moment, so yeah, we can we can have offline chatter about that um, and, and discuss. But yeah, there's as you get older, there's less to do. You're, it's more about actually probably hanging out in your neighborhood and drinking beers and handing out candy to kids. Um, but you don't have that luxury. I don't. I would assume living on Bloom or I wish I would, where you live. Shit, sorry. Um, but living it's, on a busy street, living on a busy street. A lot um, of people live on Blue Mountain. <laughs> yeah. Do you uh do you have a favorite like bite-sized candy? Like one that you're just like, hey, this is this is the, uh, the number one. Wow. I mean that's that's I'll I'll let you think about it. I'll just think about it. I it let you ruminate on that. Give us an answer after our segment. Probably like I mean probably a Twix. Like a Twix okay. like yeah. like a always look forward to a nice little snack size Twix. Oh right. The, uh... Get the two Twix. It's it's kind of it's like kick the Kit Kat, right? Like you you get a little bit of there and, and it's good to go. I I pretty much like them all. Um, I think my number one's Butterfinger. The only one I really don't like is like Good and Plenty because I just don't like Licorice. I don't even I, – I've heard of them. I don't even – I couldn't tell you what one looks like. Oh, they're like black and pink and pink. They're gross. They're not good. Mm. Um, but anyways, this segment is not about Halloween candy. It's rather about nightmare scenarios, things that would just turn the season – the long-term plan, the short-term plan into nightmares. And there are obvious ones. And maybe we should try our, our hardest to not necessarily go with the obvious one. So if I thought about the Bucks and I thought about a nightmare scenario, I, I this is going to sound crazy, Mitch, but I think it would be another significant Brooke Lopez injury. Besides like the obvious, the really obvious one, I think that's a nightmare for the Bucks. Just the amount of things that Brooke is contributing right now is unbelievable. And and I, you know, six blocks, he had five blocks the night before. It's it's just been, it's like these teams forgot that Brooke Lopez is this epic shot blocker in the year that he was gone. And if he were to leave again, I think that would be disaster for the Bucks, even though they do have a little bit of insurance with Serge Ibaka. Yeah. Um I like that. I would probably have to agree if that if I if we were drafting or whatever, that would that's I mean, you saw what happened all of last season without him. We I think took for granted the loss of him. Everybody still wants to trade him. And oh man, I mean, those tweets. Those tweets can go right in the fucking garbage. Like if I had one of those tweets, I would delete. Like I'd either delete my account or I would just delete <laughs> it all together. You're going to scrub your Twitter account looking for yeah. uh Looking for anti Brooke Lopez stuff. I don't have uh, any. I, know. I don't have any. I the only thing I have is someone quote tweeted it and said like Brooke has an affordable contract to trade, but he's also extremely valuable to the Bucks from a team and chemistry perspective. Both things can be true, and I was like, yes, that is yeah. that is accurate. I I can acknowledge that. And I I admittedly in our our preview pod from last week, uh, 
sort of acknowledged the fact that it may at some point make some sense to think about it, but um, not not with this start. Hell yeah. no. Um, oh god. I was gonna move into mine, but oh yeah, no, finish, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead with go ahead with yours. I didn't know if you had one. If you're like gonna take mine, I, I was gonna lob another one in there. But let's let's go. What do you got? I I guess I'll, you know outside of the obvious, you know we all know what the obvious nightmare would yeah, be. Yeah, we and we don't um, want we don't even want to you know it's yeah, Hallow's we Eve. We, we don't want to bring that energy. It's Hallow's Eve. You do not want to bring that energy in. You know, it's like saying uh, saying Freddie's name too many times. Like we just don't want to do it. Yeah. It's like saying Bloody Mary. But yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll say, you know, not having Bobby Portis in like the stretch run or the playoffs or, I mean, God forbid it at all, just because like, you know, again, you saw it tonight and without, I mean, nobody, nobody gets people going like, like Bobby Buckets and yeah. well, maybe honest, but I honestly, sometimes I, I wonder it's, it's pretty close. And I mean, when, when Fiserv, you know, we're, we're in October, you got all the, all the people sitting on, sitting on their hands at, at Pfizer forum. It's a, you can hear a fucking pin drop. They got to play music. A bunch of, cor- bunch of corporate nerfs out there. Just, well, just watching it's, entertaining. It's, it's that, but it's, it's also, you know, it's your, it's your 60 year old. Yeah. It's your white hairs. Uh, Marquette, you suffer, Marquette suffers with it too. I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge contention with the Marquette community that, they have no home court advantage because all their white hairs are just shitty fucking fans. Yeah. And you know, I admittedly, if I'm at a game, I'm not going to be sitting there screaming either. Like I'm watching the game and I'm, and I'm thinking more than probably like just going crazy. Um, So I do get it, but like, you know, without those couple of three pointers in the first quarter, I'd like, I don't know if, if we ever get any noise in Pfizer tonight. And um, you know, I, I honestly, when that was happening, I thought, man, Good thing for this guy, because if it wasn't for him, like I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if there'd ever be any energy at home games, no. outside of you know a transition Giannis dunk or something. Right, um, it, it's he's such an Bobby. That's a good he one. Just man. ignites the crowd. Right, he's such an emotional leader. He's a he's someone that I think people go for, look forward to watching. You know, the maybe not full casual that we talked about in our first segment, but not like the knows every guy, knows everything. People, everybody knows, everybody knows Bobby. Everybody knows Bobby. I'm sure he's very popular with the kids. Um, I think, you know, yelling Bobby is a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he brings that energy and losing that will be really tough for Milwaukee to get through. And they would figure it out. I, I'm sure they would find a way, but yeah, it would not be, would not be easy. Um, that's a great answer. The only, the other one I had was if, if the Bucks were to trade Bochamp and he becomes awesome for somebody else, but I, I really don't think they would do that. So I'm, I, I that was a very minor honorable mention one that I'd throw out there. So with the Brewers, I think really the nightmare scenario is for me, at least it would be if you just like, all right, we are going to rebuild. And then you just never get back in prominence. Like, I think everybody was like tank, figure it out rebuild this entire thing it sounds good it makes sense in theory but look at the fucking tigers look at the royals yeah they have a championship flags fly forever i get it but they haven't been back there since and it's now it's gonna be year eight on that they haven't even been back they haven't even sniffed it 
So I, I just worry that if you actually do tank, which I mean, <laughs> I'm sure there are people could present me with reasons and I could buy in. I would be, I would be scared, terrified that it would just, we'd never get back to what the Brewers were in 2018. Well, year eight for the Royals. However, you know, how many years did they fuck around after they won it where they tried to contend? Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's fair. So that's that's a little deceiving, but uh, yeah, that's fair. I mean, you you can start it from the you know, when they actually tore it down. Um I think it's been four years. I think it's been four years since they tore it down. And then Dayton Moore, the GM, got fired and Mike Matheny got fired and basically they were like, yeah, we expected to contend. And that's also, too, why I like the Tigers, another team who I they, – they won a championship in 2006. Uh, but they've been, you know, bad forever. And the they Tigers – They lost to the Cardinals, right? Yeah, they did lose to the Cardinals. But I, I think I think they they won the t- one. Tigers right? have not won. Have not – they've really? won one. I don't think so. Oh, I'm going to look that up. I have baseball reference up because I was looking at I was looking at the Royals out of curiosity. They but, won in like the 80s. Yes, they did. Uh, but, yes, the Royals rebuild started officially at in 2018 because in 2016, 2017, they were 81 and 81, then 80 and 82, and then the bottom fell out. So – yeah, I I just don't want to I don't want to end up being that team. Like I I think that's the scary thing about a tank in baseball. I don't I think tanks in football, tanks in basketball can work because they're seller caps, and you know you can find talent, get talent, and the drafts are when you draft a you know a Webin Yama or a Scoot Henderson for example for this year. Like once you get those guys, you should be good. Like there's no reason that you shouldn't compete. Uh, but baseball to me is a whole other animal. I mean, baseball is, is a different animal for several reasons. I mean, one is salary cap. Two is the fact that, you know, guys for the most part are going to be in the minors for three or four yep. or five years. And it's, you know, so you can, it, it's just, it's tough. I guess you have to be willing to spend a little and, you know, you, I feel like you can possibly have, you know, I hate serving two masters, but it's, you know, I don't know. Baseball, shit, any, any, plus anything can happen in the postseason, which we'll, yes. I think we're going we're gonna to touch on later. Right. But, like, I mean, it, that could be the Brewers, right, right now? I mean, in a yeah. way, to the World I Series. I know. Um, it, it just, it's just, it's one little thing here and one little thing there, especially when you are – ready to you know you have a window so to speak and if you don't take advantage um you know you you're 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 fucked and that's 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 probably my nightmare scenario is kind of where we're at right now um with you're living you're living the nightmare i think i am yeah no i mean that's fair i mean it's there's a lot of uncertainty i i guess let me ask you a question if the brewers finished the way they did but they have josh Hader right now and the assumption is that Josh Hader will be traded this offseason, that everyone's under that assumption. Do you think that you're living that same nightmare, or do you feel like you're a little more confident about the direction of where this thing's going? Okay, so let's say they kept – you're saying we kept Hader. Yes. We are, we are about to start the World Series this weekend. Yes. We are – basically plug us in for the Phillies, huh? No, 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 no. Saying we're in the same spot that we are. We missed the playoffs 
Phillies are in, but we have Josh Hader. Um, we'd still have that trade chip, and and I think that if we're sitting here today, and you know, bummed because we missed we missed the playoffs, but we still had Hader and perhaps some optimism, um, coming off of that, I I don't think I'd be quite as as bummed about it, just because I you know now it's like, what do you do now? You you've traded Hader. What? So you then, I mean, you might as well trade Burns and Woodruff. See, or, that's or the, one of them. See, okay, and then we and then we've went into this rabbit hole. Unless, times. unless you unless you want to you want to spend on a closer, or spend some money in the off season. So I mean, so conspiracy Chuck, if we can invite him into the room, can we invite oh, please, conspiracy please, Chuck? In? Please yeah. do, please yeah. do. I'd love. To. I have a call. I have a couple. First of all, um, real quick on that. Not a conspiracy. I think that the medical director suddenly retires this year after a ton of arm injuries. That was just a little interesting. Um, we'll just say the least. Um, the yeah, yeah. Oh, Tired. Wow. Roger Kapler. He's Kaplinger. He's been there for like thirty years, and he looks like he could still go today. Like he he looked like a spry old guy. And but no, Roger's done. Um, retiring uh, into a consultant role at the Brewers, which I'm like, hmm, why is that? Um, windy hands, you know, and but no, I, my whole thing is that I think the Brewers were ready to make a trade with Josh Hader with some of the pieces that they have in the minors for a bat. It didn't happen. I think it's going to happen this offseason. I, I think David Stearns has learned a lesson that he can't always win every trade. It's kind of the Danny Ainge thing that Danny Ainge is going to go through you know, upcoming here in December or whenever he decides to sell off the jazz, like Danny Ainge is going to have to like resist trying to win every trade because if he wants to do, he wants to have what's intended, like it's going to have to happen. Like Dave Dombrowski, I read a thing about Dave Dombrowski, like a, a Twitter thread and Dave talk, Dave Dombrowski, who is an interesting GM. Like he just basically destroys your farm system, trades for everybody it gets you to a World Series, but it kind of leaves you in the dust. It's a little bit like what the Los Angeles Rams did, honestly. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And Dabrowski kind of says, like, yeah, I will trade for guys if it means that it's going to help my team. And if I lose it, it's okay. Like, I'm okay with it if I know that the end result will mean that we're winning the immediacy. And I think that's the part that David Stearns needs to work on. And I just think they have too many outfielders not to make a trade of right. significance. That's yeah, what that's, I'm saying. And that's, I would, I think that needs to happen. I mean, don't, trades are a gamble and they always say, yeah, they're you know, a nightmare scenario on the way. Don't, like, don't, don't gamble more than you can afford to lose. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that translates to trade from an area of surplus with someone else and possibly everyone can win the trade. And, you know, as you laid out there, I mean, they have a couple of prospects in, in the outfield that are just about ready, plus Bryce Terang. Um, you know, you've got Luis Urias, which, yep. you know, um, I think still has potential. I still like him long term. I, But maybe you think about, you know, finding a team that also likes his long term potential. Sure. And, was, and 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 doing the it. idea that Luis is so, so... Yeah. I'm with you. 
I think my problem with Luis is he just never seems to kind of keep it together. Like he just kind of has brain farts and he doesn't like he has this every game, every moment matters and he just loses focus. And that as my that was an overall problem with the Brewers that I had this season. Is it felt like they were unfocused at different points of of the year. And so I, I think it'll get better. And I, I do, and I understand where you are. I think a lot of Brewer fans are there. They just don't know what's next. Well, and it's it's just it's not again, it's not just necessarily a trade here. It's 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 are you Herb Cole, Mark Adonacio? That's all I'm asking. Oh yeah, and that's another nightmare scenario. I mean, you can lob a ton of them. And we'll have to see. I think it's gonna be a very fascinating year for the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. Now the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers, who it's been very interesting here. Um, the last month has been a month from hell. Has it gotten better? Um, and you could pick a hundred things here to spin the wheel. And I, I think for me, the biggest thing is just the uncertainty at quarterback at the end of the day. You know, who where do you where do you go? Is it you're gonna hold on to Aaron Rodgers and let Jordan Love walk and figure out maybe it, Jordan Love's a trade piece, right? Um, they're talking about that there's some interest with DJ Moore, but DJ Moore has a really ugly contract. So they need to figure that all out. Is Jordan Love part of the way to figure that out? And who knows, right? Uh, and if that's what you do, then that's putting all your eggs in an old guy's basket that might or might not be washed. But then if you get rid of that old guy, are we sure Jordan Love's ready to take that step. And so it can be a nightmare in a few different ways. It's like a double-edged sort of nightmares, honestly. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the quarterback position because I just don't know where, where it kind of goes from here. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, it's been a rough couple of weeks and um, really rough season offensively. And it's hard to like, to know what, whose fault it is overall. I guess, but of course the quarterback's going to be going to be blamed the most, especially a very very visible quarterback, right? Um, who's who's done a lot to bring himself into the into the crosshairs, and um, yeah, that's I don't know, that's um, that's that's a pretty good one. Uh, I mean, I, I guess just trying to think. I mean, trading a, a draft pick for AJ Green would be kind of a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, that was rumored. Uh... Yeah, I think even a seventh-round pick would be a nightmare. I know those seventh-round picks are lottery tickets, but you never know, right? Like, what if what if Samari Torre becomes awesome this year when and you traded that seventh-round pick next year, the next version of Samari Torre, not saying it's a receiver by any means, but what if you trade that guy and that's 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 the seventh-round pick you trade away for A.J. Green, of all people? Yeah, I think that or, I mean, that was kind of a joke, but maybe just like – all right. Maybe just the um, all the draft capital you've invested in the defense not really panning out. Oh, I mean, or, yeah. or just or just like the defense not living up to the hype, and it kind of hasn't so far this season. And I don't know, like long term, we'll see. Again, my thing with the defense was you gotta you gotta do it. I I think it's a very valuable now. Granted, it's not, you know. The off, I mean, they're, they're gassed every game, so it's hard right. to like, it's hard to really get super pissed off at the defense. But it's like, you know, again, still st- statistically, and some stuff hasn't really 
looked yeah. the greatest. No, you're right. And, no, and, and you... they they invested two first round picks in it this year, and I, I we haven't seen much of Wyatt. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you should, I mean, you should take a lap on that. Like you were, you were right on that. Like you should definitely have the victory lap there on like you, you laid it out. You're like, I need to see it first. And that was the way to go. I got very excited and that was probably, that was probably yeah, the wrong. Move. Well, I mean, we all, we all were. Yeah. There's, another, there's, there's still time, but another nightmare could be just the fact that you might need a new GM. Like I'm not like if they, this really goes off the rails, how safe is Brian Gunacoust? Yeah. And I only think it's a nightmare, not necessarily of, okay, yeah, it's a new GM, but I really think you have to hire outside of the Packer family. Like you really do need to kind of look at other organizations that are doing it the right way. Like the Giants are an absolute cap hell. And I realize they probably should be three and three or, or four and three, like one you're not going to always win one score games. Like that's just not sustainable, mm-hmm. but they bring in a guy from the bills. That guy hires Brian Dable and they're like, Hey, let's try to do what the bills are doing. Now, again, they only have 50 guys on the roster because they don't have the money to like, they actually, the cap's actually real for the giants. That's, that's crazy that you could be that bad with the cap. But I, I just, I don't know at this point, I'm like, I, we've done the pack away bullshit for how many years? Like we, we need to need to figure something else out. We need to look at something else. If, if this is, if this goes off the, really off the rails. Yeah. I, I guess the, the GM kind of crossed my mind, the GM position with just the way, you know, the Devante thing went down. Now Rogers is, is, uh, you know, sort of forced his strong armed his way into a, a nice contract. And, right. um, I don't know. Would Ted have done that? Would, would, that, a, would, would that have happened on, on his watch? I'm not sure. We might need to save that one. That might need to be might need to be next week where we just do a Ted Thompson hypothetical. Um, because yeah, I think that's I think that's a really a really interesting discussion. Um, and just how it would have played out because you could make the case that it's a little different because that I think that Packer our the Packer team last year wasn't as good as the 2017, but it was very reminiscent to that 2007 year where Packers were really good. They had they had home field. They played in a freezing cold environment. Like it goes down to the T. A team also that wasn't that good at the Giants and just got yeah. hot. And so it's uh it's interesting to say the least. And uh We'll certainly we'll certainly discuss. Um, so yeah, that was that was great. Um, I enjoyed that. Let us know if you have any nightmare scenarios. Uh, Twitter, Cabin the Cag, Mitch Ross MKE on on the bird. Uh, but moving on to what we do every week, we didn't do it last week because we did not have a podcast during the Packer week. We did it early, but the importance rankings. We talk about things that matter the most uh, for for the game, and it's Packers Bills. It's time to face the Bills. A, a game that I think all of us looked at as potentially a schedule loss. So yeah. Mitch, what, what's going through your mind? What, what do you think is the most important? How do the Bucks pull off what honestly would be in a monument or the Packers, Packers, excuse me. I, the Bucks highlights just came on and I, I saw the Bucks again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, what would it take for the Packers to pull off a monumental upset? Uh, yeah, it's tough. I, I mean, I kind of want to zag though, and and think Packers could at least cover, 
Yeah. Um, but I think like as Aaron Rodgers would put it, simplifying the offense. Like, yeah. Aaron Jones, I think I, I've probably drafted him before in these uh, at least once, but it's like the numbers, my brother, are are, are horrible. Yeah. And, I, you know, eight carries last week, nine against the Jets. He actually had 13 against the Giants um, for nearly five yards to carry. And we were wondering after that, like, why is he not getting the ball more? And then, it, you know, it's it's gotten worse. And now he did have a nice catch against the commanders to keep to, in garbage time, more or less to keep that game, um, you know, cosmetically looking, looking better than it was. Um, so he was involved, I suppose, in, in the passing game a little more, but like, gosh, can we just, can we just run the ball? I mean, I've been asking for it forever and it just, you know, like, again, it was very important coming into this season for, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers to embrace a little more of the ball control style and, and, and time of possession. And that you saw it. it, it I feel like it, it, I hope it culminated against the commanders where you, you were just like doubled up in plays and, and like, that can't happen. That cannot happen for a team that's supposed to have, um, you know, at least a competent offense. And they've pretty much looked, anything but the last few weeks. And I think that definitely starts. Well, I mean, I'd love to include age. I've, I've damn near given up on AJ Dillon. At this oh, point. Door County Dillon. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it, I mean, it's been an awful year for agent. I mean, it's, it just has, I mean, we can call it what it is. The numbers are terrible, you know, on the surface level and the advanced metrics look awful too. He's had an awful year and yeah. you hate to, and I know I made the jab out Door County Dillon, but it's like, all right, man, like it was cool that you went viral a hundred times over the summer, but were you really putting in the work? And I Ooh. sound like a boomer. <laughs> I look, ask the question. Yeah. Were you, or did you rest on your laurels a little bit? And yeah, I just, I'd like to see it. I do understand that AJ does get better as the, you know, the, it gets colder, but I don't know, man, I need to see a little bit more. And maybe he makes me eat those words as, as the year goes on. But yeah, it's, it's been rough to say the least. So I guess we have to count on uh, Aaron Jones. So yeah. that's why. Um, that's that's your number. That's your number one. Yeah. I, I yeah. think for me, um, I won't go Rogers. I, I will, I will choose Jair Alexander. I think Jair, you know, has yeah. barked a lot, talked a lot, kind of got bitched by Terry McLaurin, the touchdown, not his fault. I, that was an awesome pass by Taylor Heineke, but when you needed him the most in the last, part of the game McLaurin won that football he went back to that football he got that football Jair let him get it you have Stephon Diggs Stephon Diggs really fucking good you you gotta slow Stephon Diggs down and you gotta let other guys beat you and I I think if the Bills win but it's a lot of Devin Singletary it's a lot of Gabe don't call me Gabriel Davis um Dawson Knox if it's those guys that beat you, Khalil Shakur, I think is the other guy, the other receiver to have. Like if yeah. those are the guys that beat you, I, I can kind of live with it a little bit more. James, James uh, Cook. Right. Yeah. Yeah. James Cook. He might, he might be no, hurt. I don't know. No, he's, he's there. Um, he's on a couple of rosters just hanging out on my bench because I thought he'd be good. Made an awful fantasy decision by 
drafting James Cook over Kenneth Walker in a league where I could keep guys for three years, it's fine. I didn't make that mistake. Not me. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, that team's good though, but it's, yeah, that was a, that was a dumb, dumb move by me. And uh, so, yeah, I, I just, I need to see it with Jair and I need him to be that big dog. And yeah, he did it against Garrett Wilson. C- congratulations. Like Garrett Wilson's at this point, nobody, he's just first round draft. Pick. I need to see it against an actual star receiver and that you have that opportunity against the Diggs. Yeah. Um, I like that. That that's, you know, you got to earn your money. Right. Yeah. And, um, but I, man, I am, I just, just like the way Buffalo plays offense is, yeah. um, scary. It's awesome too. It, like, right. Like it's like, I, to me, like Buffalo's the team I enjoy watching the most that aren't Packers. Yeah. I mean, it's either a, a Josh Allen run or a deep ball. Yeah. And I don't know who's who's gonna run with those guys. It just I don't know. Maybe maybe it's I I I feel like it's I don't remember a time. It's been a while where the Packers were where like you felt less confident about a game. Yeah, it, um, well, I mean, Arizona was the last example of this, right? I mean, they had all those guys out last COVID. year. Yeah. yeah. All the guys out with COVID. It's a short week. Uh, the Packers are, I think they were eight point underdogs in that game. Arizona had not lost. Arizona yeah. was the cat's pajamas. I was talking about Arizona to go to the Super Bowl. Now, granted, they were softer than baby shit. Um, and they had the mental capacity of a rock and, and Packers were able to win. So, and Buffalo is not that like Buffalo is not soft. Buffalo is a tough team. They're well coached. Um, it's not going to be the same thing, but yeah, you have a team coming off a bye. Like you need to hit them in the mouth. Like you need to do something. Like if Quay Walker gets a roughing the passer early, I know we talked about this with Tom Brady weeks ago, but if Quay Walker goes in hot on Josh Allen, who gives a fuck? I'm serious. Like I'm not saying hurt Josh Allen. That would very much affect fantasy matchup I'm in, but just go in hot. Like send a goddamn message that we are not here to fuck around. And I, I kind of need that from Green Bay early to be like, yeah, not only are we having fun out here, but we're kind of hyped to be here. And we know that nobody gives us a chance. Yeah, that's, that's you know, not, not I feel like that is a way to maybe mark your territory on the game a bit, set the tone yeah. early. Um, you know, they haven't done a great job of turning the ball over, um, which is – Somewhat surprising, I guess. Um, you know, turnovers. I don't know. That's the the age old debate, right? Is or do, do defenses force turnovers or do offense, you know, do offenses commit them? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but I think it's probably a little bit of both. If you can actually get to the fucking quarterback, that helps a lot. And yeah, come out, come out, guns a blazing. I wish I had Buffalo's, you know, record under Sean McDermott after a bye. Because I feel oh. like remember, like, wasn't McCarthy always awful? After buys. No, he was the opposite. Lafleur ah, really Lafleur has, has been bad. Lafleur has been bad, bad off the buys. Let me, which is it. not surprising when you consider like yeah. they come out like shit week one every year. Yeah, and... after London came out, looked terrible. Even though that wasn't a buy, it was a a different. Um, it's kind of a different yeah. vibe, right? Yeah. 
it's it's almost like you know after you play Thursday you have a mini buy they call it you know um, there's all those little schedule quirks though in the NFL these days. So so here so here you go. Uh, Sean McDermott has not lost after a buy five oh. and up. Oh, that's great. Yeah, well, even better. <laughs> uh, that's fucking awesome, man. You gotta you gotta love that. Um, now I, it doesn't seem like they played a lot of good teams during that. I mean, it's, you got the Buccaneers, the Dolphins, the Chargers, and it's not like Tom Brady Buccaneers. I think this is you know before the Buccaneers are we're the Buccaneers of of today. But yeah, yeah. it's it's gonna be interesting, man. It's gonna be. I I don't think you gave us one, but I will. I we can do tone setter if you have one more that you you want to expunge on the people, or we can just we can just settle with uh, the tone setter as the as the third one. I mean, I could take Rogers and. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, let's go. I mean, it's uh, I guess been an interesting week, as you may suspect, after three losses, and you know, I think the headlines are a little misleading. Um. You know, I, I think there's there's some some credence to, you know, he needs to stop blaming other people. But I, I feel like it's not. And of course, it's, it's low hanging fruit that, you know, your Mike Florio's and, you know, your ESPNs of the world are going to run with, you know, the narrative that that he is, you know, bad body language and blaming his teammates and going to the media and running to Pat McAfee, and yada, yada, yada. But, I you know, I, I think that as long as he does it like behind closed doors to their faces at practices, you know, I think it, it, it makes it a little less of a big deal. Um, but again, it's low hanging fruit. The media wants to run with, with, with what they want and they've got their stories pre-written and I don't know, the, the, the performance hasn't been very great from Rogers as, as a fantasy owner owner. Um, that was a blunder. I'll admit, but, um, <laughs> He's, you know, I guess the numbers, he's still top half of the league uh, in a lot of the categories, but like, you know, it's not $50 million a year type of performance and, you know, it's going to have to be better. Everybody's got to be better. And I think it kind of starts with him. Right. And my biggest thing, and I talked about yesterday was I didn't mind that Roger said it. I was in a couple of group chats and I was like, guys, like this is who Rogers has been forever. Like, this is not anything new. It's what he does. Um, yeah. But also, I didn't like that he said the thing about, well, I was the highest graded. Like, he should have kept that to himself. He's like, he could have been like, you know what? I talked to the coaches. They they thought I did all right, but I still had stuff to work on. You know, and just, if he says that, I think this entire thing is a little different. But because he said that, that lit a napalm. And I think a lot of the shall we say, like, new Packer media, if you will, not necessarily player-driven media, but, like, the, you know, those who write on different <laughs> websites and things like that, they are trying to, you know, talk to themselves because they watch you all 22 that Aaron Rodgers is broken and that he's not running the offense that Matt Ford wants him to do. And, like, there's so much nuance in there that we don't know. And, you know, it's been interesting to see some of the discourse with John Kuhn. Um, John Kuhn learned to follow for me. Um, I didn't think I'd see the day on that, but you know, you do you do different things sometimes. You're it's, it's, you're just in the gutter right now, and it's it's really interesting to see this dynamic of just everybody kind of 
stuck in their positions and on their different lands, I'm kind of just floating. Like, I'm just like, all right, see something I agree with, great. If I see something I disagree with, great. But yeah, I'm also not combative because I don't just, I don't know. I, I'd probably be a better tweeter if I just got into more, more shit, but I just, a lot of it's just not worth my time. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it, it mirrors uh real life too, right? Where it's, oh, like, yeah. you know, when the, when the grass is cut, the snakes will show. And, totally. Uh, that's kind of where we're at right now, but the Packers really need a win and it's, it's going to be, I, it's going to be tough that I, you know, it's tough this weekend. It's, oh yeah. Uh, no, it's, I mean, you're an 11 point dog like that. Even if you think that line's too high and we'll talk about it on tomorrow's podcast in great detail, even if you think that line's high, like it's, you know, you're, you're 11 and a half point dog for a reason. It's because Vegas thinks you're that bad. And in the fact it hasn't moved tells me that people agree and people think that Buffalo can kick our ass and that it's going to be our funeral. And I will tell you next week that the season's not over if they lose again, like three and five is, is, you know, it's not an easy record, but if the lions next week, be really nice if the lions could beat Miami because lions are desperately needing to win. They are kind of back to the same old lions. And then you get the Cowboys in green Bay in maybe the biggest game of the year bar the records because the McCarthy return. But now you add in the fact that, all right, there's a chance. Maybe you can get back to five and five and then who knows, right? Then it's like, all right, it's go time. You don't have a ton of room for error, but again, this, this NFC is not good. It's not like, I don't know if it's going to need 10 wins to get in, get into that seven seed. I think it'd be very Packers like to somehow win this game. And then you and I both think Atlanta is going to beat Minnesota and Arizona. You mean, or yeah, I'm sorry, Arizona, sorry, <laughs> even, more, even more confident than that probably. Um, yeah. Um, so they, then all of a sudden they'd be two know, back, back to like two back. Yeah. Um, but even if they don't, you know, and let's say Arizona does beat Minnesota, you're still three games back then. Um, and it's it's kind of going to have to be regroup time, I think, uh, if it hasn't been already. Clearly it hasn't. But, um, yeah, I, I think you, you kind of take your medicine this weekend and uh, I don't know. The last- hope, to, hope to figure it out. The last thing I'll say is I do believe, and I, I said this actually a couple of weeks ago before like this losing streak started, and I, I still believe it. If the Packers get embarrassed on prime time and it's really ugly, I don't think Joe Barry has a job on Monday. Oh, yeah. I, wow. I don't know. That's, I, know, um... I lobbed that in. I lobbed that in at the end. Like it was a late, late game lob, but I, <laughs> I really feel strongly about it. I, I just think that that's the move that they say, all right, we're cutting bait. We're letting uh, Ulverati, the inside linebackers coach, or Jerry Gray, we're going to let them run the defense. And that's kind of what we have going forward. Yeah. That's, yeah, it could be. If, if it if it gets ugly, you know, if it's really, I mean, you're talking probably like. I'm talking total. like 38 to 14 or something like that. Oh. I, I mean, well. Probably, it, it would have to be worse than that, wouldn't it, for them to, uh, to maybe, fire to fire the, 
I mean, I was thinking more like in the 52 to some range. Or I mean, like, like, oh man, they had this awful, they've had some bad, they've had some bad Sunday night games on the road. Um, I remember there's a New Orleans one that got really out of hand where they tried to do a pass to Julius Peppers on a fourth down in the dome. Do you remember this? Jimmy Graham and, had like a couple touchdowns. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. We got our asses handed to us. There was a Giants one where we went to New York and they just piss pounded us from start to finish. I think we lost like 35 to seven or something. So yeah, maybe it does have, maybe it has to be that bad. Um, and it has to be, has to be like that impactful where it, it doesn't, there isn't even a like, Oh, we had a chance in this one. We were fucked from jump straight. Yeah. That's yeah. It would have to be, I think it had to be really bad for them to, to make a move like that, but you know, it might, it could happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to see, man. Um, it should be fun. We'll definitely talk about it on Monday and uh, be exciting. And I also I think friend of the program, Nolan Murphy, wants to come on and uh, and and chat and chop it up. So we'll have to see when that works for all involved parties. Lastly, World Series it starts Friday. We've already ran late, so I won't won't do too much on this. The only thing I'll say, man, is I was listening to part of my take today, and they had John Cruck on, and they had Jake Arrieta. And Arietta, you know, played for the Phillies. Cruck uh, does the, uh, you know, Phillies, like, local broadcast. And he should really be still doing national. Like, he's just an awesome guy. Had some awesome stories. I really recommend this to the podcast. It was, it was a really good listen. But, but regardless, what was interesting from Cruck was that the Phillies kind of came to life by the mix of having old guys and young guys on their roster. And how the young guys kind of infused this roster and changed sort of the culture and the attitude of everything. And it just made me upset that the Brewers kind of gatekept all these guys, whether it was for arbitration, whether it was to not hurt feelings or whatever. And maybe if you would have had Garrett Mitchell and Sal Freelich or Trang, and maybe those guys would have made a difference and maybe that would have sparked you know, a late run for the Brewers. And that that was the thing that stuck out to me where I'm like, not really mad the Phillies are there um, because they're, they have the second highest payroll in fucking baseball. This whole idea that they're the scrappy Phillies, it's like, get the fuck out of my face. They're not scrappy. They have a $330 million player who's arguably the best player in bas- baseball. Fuck off. Um, sorry. Yeah, I, 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 def- I definitely think San Diego would have hurt your feelings a lot more. Hey, oh, um, yeah. Oh, God, buddy. But San Diego, we might have like I might have been like, you know, I the hater story, especially if it was like this, where it's like a week off. So then you have hater stories and can't believe Josh Hader is on this roster. Like it was actually interesting about Arietta made the comment of why didn't Hader go out there to face Bryce Harper in the eighth inning? He's done that before. Why couldn't he pitch six six outs? I know why, Jake, because he's a fucking pussy. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe, but yeah, maybe, uh, no, it'd be Hater. Look, look at look at how Hater Hater blew away the 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 Dodgers' best three hitters, and oh, you know, yeah. and Taylor Rogers had a nine ERA for the. I don't know what it was, but it right. probably was something like that. Yeah, and yeah, yeah you know, had it to the they, they got um, him for a for for a bag of balls, and <laughs> now we don't know, but uh, yeah. You know the immediate the immediate return was was not good, no, um, right? So that would be that would be definitely your 
your nightmare. I mean, yeah, good for the Phillies, whatever. I don't really like Philly fans. Um, you know, Bryce Harper is something, I'll say. Uh, definitely a tryhard. And <laughs> so you don't uh, like you don't like Bryce. I don't like I thought that was that was a nice moment for a guy like Bryce Harper who, you know, hasn't got a ton of opportunities on the uh the huge stage like that and for him to hit that huge home run that was pretty cool to see. I mean, but I don't know. I I'm more of a Trout guy if I had to pick. The other Oh, go ahead. I just, I just Trout's just a little a little sure. A little more my my style, I suppose. Um Another thing that another thing that bothered me with what some of the things Crux said was that like Kyle Schwarber has been like this leader in the Phillies locker room and has like really like brought the guys together and kind of you know shown them how to win. Oh, yeah. It's like it's like fucking Kyle Schwarber has twenty million dollar deal. Like he made as much money as Hunter Renfro did this year. Now, granted, it's four years versus you know two or one. I think Hunter Renfro's a free agent after this year, but it's like. Could have had fucking Kyle. You know how many home runs Kyle Schwarber would have hit it at American Family Field? Like 50. Oh, God. It, it, yeah. And it's like, I just, that's the tough. And like Red Sox fans are pissed too. Like they're they're pissed that Chime Bloom didn't make that deal themselves. And, and they have every right to be. And I think most teams should be mad they didn't get Kyle Schwarber. And yeah. that, again, speaks to kind of the Dombrowski philosophy. And it would be great. that. And so those are the things that will annoy me about this series. But, yeah, I, 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 A, I find it hard-pressed for Houston to lose. Um, I, where are you on Dustin Baker? Do you like Dustin Baker? I kind of forget he's their manager. I mean, yeah. sometimes. Like, I feel like they're so good that it doesn't matter. Right. Um, yeah, he doesn't, you know. he doesn't have those moments like he did years ago where he would manage himself out of baseball games. For some reason, my dad and I just don't like him, so it's kind of been a running inside joke with us. Like, I don't care as much, but since it makes my dad laugh, I I will get off my Dusty jokes just to keep him happy. I hope he doesn't listen to this because then that will ruin the whole experience. But, yeah, it's like, yeah, it would be cool, but that would be all the storylines. would be like, oh, they won one for Dusty. You know, he probably retires. Um, but, yeah, I also, too, think, like, the Astros – I think the biggest like national storyline is like the Astros win this. They kind of are a dynasty. You, it's hard not to say they're not a dynasty because it's two world series and what six appearances. That's, I mean, that's really hard to do in this generation of baseball, even more so than I'd argue almost any other sport. Yeah. Six straight ALCS is that's um, nuts. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, what's, what's their competition been is, yeah, is no, that's fair. Maybe that's it's, fair. maybe it, it's, it's a, a, a definitely a testament to them. I mean, to have overcome uh, a cheating scandal and granted that was helped by a pandemic that happened like a day later yeah. where people, people forgot all about it. Right. Um, and, you know, but for them to overcome that, but you know, again, like the American league, it's like the Yankees, you know, clearly are not even, not even close to their level as much as their fans probably want to think they are. I, I feel like that was a huge reality check getting swept and you know, the Red Sox, we don't know. They seem to be pretty confused the last few years and what's left. Right. You know, their, their division's not very good. And um, 
Lord knows the AL Central is trash. Yeah, I mean, no, it's it's so. fair. Yeah, it the balance of power overall is definitely shifted to the NL, and there are so many teams that are spending money in the AL and or NL, excuse me. And yeah, you wish the AL was a little more competitive, and I think that's a fair fair assessment. But yeah, I do also love the fact that. They basically told Correa, yeah, go pound sand. And then they got a guy who, I don't know, might be better than Correa than Jeremy Pena. Like, it's pretty awesome to see. I just don't really like Carlos Correa. I don't even want him on the Brewers. I, I actually hope he's a Cub because then I can just, it'll just add so much fuel to my fire. Well, it just, it just, it also like furthers like the analytical push because it's like, oh, yeah. Do we really need to pay Carlos Correa 25, 30, 40 million dollars a year? Or can yeah. we, you know, just bring up the next guy who's under right under six more years of team control or whatever? And, yeah, you know, at, at, you know, as a stud. And yeah, they, and it's and it's really not gonna stop. You know, they. I mean, Verlander at some point will retire, but they have Hunter Brown. They have McCullers is healthy again. Like they have, they have a lot. They have a lot of talent there, and it's not just not just a few guys. And Jordan Alvarez, we didn't even touch on. Jordan's such a fucking monster, man, and just a joy right. to watch. Yeah, so he's should he's be done. It should be a good World Series. I'm excited for it. I am. I, I look forward to it. Did you know Joe Davis went to Beloit College, by the way? I did not. I knew he's from Michigan. Yeah, to Beloit College, home of the Snappers. What a moment for the Snappers. Well, that's the minor league team. I don't know if no, that's uh, is that name of the college. Yeah, you're right. I don't. Uh, first of all, the Beloit Snappers still around. Second of all, um, I'm gonna look this up now. I don't. I don't. Know. I don't I, think I, they're I, the. I, they're probably not the Snappers. Uh, yeah, the Beloit Snappers is or was a like a single A minor league team. Yeah, they they used to be. I think they were part of the Brewers. Yeah, and they were the A's for the longest time. Yep. Uh, they are the Beloit. They are the Beloit College Blue Devils. Not as cool. No. No, that is that's not that's not exciting. Um, nothing, nothing to really be fired up about that. So, all right, my man. Well, graduated uh, from Beloit College in 2010. So yeah, he's, he three is, years, uh, two year, like two years young, older than us. He is 34. That could be Mitch. That could be you and I right now. We could be calling the World Series instead. We're taping podcasts and just dicking around. He turns 35 in December. Had a pretty meteoric rise. Yeah, to, no, uh, it's been crazy. Um, that's interesting because yeah, you'll have, you won't have Joe Buck. I, I but, haven't. Mi- have you missed Joe Buck baseball? I I like Joe Buck doing baseball. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like a Joe Buck hater, but I haven't missed him so much for baseball. But I don't, I'm not fired up. You know, late afternoon. I know Bill Simmons talked about this too on his podcast. But like, I don't really get fired up to have. Uh, what's his name? Kevin Burkhart, yeah, and I calling games at the end. Like I just, I don't know. Like I, I, I want Joe Buck, um, but that's okay. I, I'd rather have. I like Kevin Burkhart more than like Carl Ravitch. Yeah. Oh God. Games. Carl Ravitch. I mean, that guy just got the Steve Levy. Like, hey, I've been here for so long. I want to do play by play, and they're like, okay, go ahead. It's like. Yeah, can't you at least talk to Joe about maybe just doing kind of doing the Jim Nance, just doing the playoffs? Like, can we just get you for the playoffs? But, yeah. I, but I, but also, too, I don't like when Nance does that. Like, I, 
Nance is stepping down finally um, after this year from college basketball. And it annoyed the shit out of me that he would not at least like do a month of college basketball to get himself familiarized because he was doing golf, which I don't blame him. He, that's his first sport. But it's like just past six then, which he now has to Iron Eagle. And Iron Eagle does college hoops all all throughout, and he's worked with Rafter in the past. Like, he'll be really good if Rafter stays along, God willing. Hopefully, Bill Rafter never never leaves us. Is that's like that would that one will be a tough one for me to take. Like that's way up there in terms of guys that I revere in the sports media world. Yeah, yeah, Bill Rafter is a, a, a fucking icon. He's a yeah. he's a fixture. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we should head out of here. It's been long enough. Uh, enjoyed doing this. Uh, Mitch, we'll talk next week. Um, Bucks keep getting in our way on Wednesday shows, but we will probably actually take the game. And hopefully, Mitch won't be play by playing too much during it. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, just uh, just kidding. All right, have a good one, guys, and we'll uh, we'll talk tomorrow. Should I bet? And anything else that comes across the wire. See you. Peace.